Okay, you guys, let's do this. It's gonna be so professional. Like, so professional. Here we go. Welcome to the Lab Support Podcast with your host, Michelle Anderson and June Colson, a couple of clean comedians who support each other and others through comedy's wacky and whining roads. I hope you're ready. Kids set. Let's go. Since podcasts have a catchy tune, we wrote this song for Michelle and June. Clean comedians are best friends too. Oh, so good. <laughs> and you never know what they'll say or do. Here we go, sing with me. I'm support, or, or, with Michelle, who's really short. We'll have a ball, 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 with June, who's really tall. They have fun, 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 interviewing comedians. I'm my support, or, or, with Michelle, who's really short. Welcome to the Laugh Support Podcast. I'm your host, June Colson, here with my best friend, <laughs> Trisha's sister, Michelle. What? Van Do not adjust your dials, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I am June Colson, not a 60-year uh, smoker. This is just what Kentucky spring and allergy sounds like. Isn't it, isn't it sexy, Michelle? Some people say it, that. Um, how is phlegm? How is phlegm sexy? Explain that to me. How is phlegm sexy? That's a great mm-hmm. question. I don't mm-hmm. think it actually is. What an interesting topic to start off. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You you do sound like you've been smoking for years. Yes. So um yeah. And I think it's just the lower register, I think, for mm-hmm. some reason or another. People yeah. are like, oh, what is that? Yes. What is that? And I, I gotta say, versus you know, a lower register in a woman versus that high shrill voice. Oh, yeah. The high yeah. shrill will get you every time, like, oh, stop, yeah. stop. Yeah. Could you lower it? So um, and, and I only grew up with boys, right? So my I just have boys in this house. They were loud, but they were low loud. I yeah. could not ever imagine having a girl and listening to the screaming and the yelling. Ooh, I, no. I wouldn't have been able to do that. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. No. It is the smoky thing, though. It's the smoky voice. It's smoky eye is sexy. You know, like I had to wear I had to wear uh, clothes purchased with Marlboro Miles because my dad smoked like twelve packs a day and we couldn't afford <laughs> clothes. And so we, you know, we cashed in like the Marlboro Miles for jackets and blankets and. And you should have seen my prom dress, Michelle. I was smoking hot in that prom dress. Just bright red, Marlboro Mild dress. It's crazy. It's crazy. Smoking this, hot. This is, yes, this is what it sounds like. Oh, and speaking of my dad, okay, before we get started, yeah. we're talking about inappropriate <laughs> subjects. And our guest today is going to be like, he may bounce out. He may just disappear. Because you already quizzed him before we even got started. You were like, how do I know you? When did we meet? Where were we at? What was the day? What were you wearing? Like, like, I needed the hour, the time, the location. Come on, Dan. Well, listen, listen. Okay, so um, I'm trying to take, you know, some, really, it's, I'm not sick. I feel fine. I just sound awful. And, and, you know, my dad, my dad just had surgery. My mom hot dog. My Let's daddy hot dog just had surgery and my mom is in a nursing home and rehab right now. And it's really just like constantly caring for my aging parents. And yesterday my dad calls me and he says, um, you know, I went back for my follow-up after the surgery. Everything was good, man. You should see, you should see these pills they gave me yesterday though. They're huge. They're like, I mean, seriously, I, I didn't know if they were a suppository or a pill. 
Actually, I still don't know. I should probably not be taking them orally. <laughs> I was like, Dad, stop. Dad. So I don't know what's happening with hot dog, but I think I'm going to have to go over and do another like medicine cabinet raid and make sure that he's not taking pet medicine or, so you know, doing things he shouldn't be. So, yeah. He, is he back at home? He is. Yeah. He's back okay. at home. Yeah. Okay, Mom's in the nursing saying, home. Dad's back at home. He's so. at the house. Okay. Yeah, I was like, you yeah. should just ask the nurse, but there is no nurse to ask. No, yeah. You're going to want to check that cabinet for him. That'd be good. I think so. I think so. <laughs> and I be taking these orally? <laughs> I be taking this orally? And, it, it, and the thing is, I'm not the person with attention deficit. I'm not the person to do your medications. My son just had his wisdom teeth taken out. And I gave oh, him yeah. um, a pain pill. And then about four hours later, when he was in excruciating pain, I realized, <laughs> oh, I gave him the antibiotic, not the pain pill. <laughs> don't tell him. Oh, don't, I, I won't tell him. No, I you know what I said? <laughs> you know what I said? Because my boys are so competitive. I was like, you need to suck it up, buddy. Your brother was so much tougher when he got his wisdom teeth taken out. Well, probably because I gave his brother pain medicine and not an <laughs> antibiotic. So, oh, sounds about right. Sounds about right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so fun. So fun. Uh <laughs> that's where we are, Michelle. That's so where that's so orally. <laughs> Hey, it's oh, never okay. ending with, with my parents. It's never ending. Well, listen, yep. okay. I'm super excited yep. because I get to meet someone new. And that's what's really cool about comedy is that, I mean, it's a small world. It really is. It's like once you meet somebody, it, it's like you're, it's kind of like at Kroger. You know what I mean? Where you see that girl that you like graduated high school with and you haven't seen her mm -hmm. in 20 years. And you're like, hey, how you doing? And you have that big moment. And then you go away and then now you see her by the chicken and then you see her again by the, and after a while it's like, uh, okay. Stop following already. me. Yeah. <laughs> it's following. Get out it's of like, here, girl. It's like, you know, the, it really is a small world. And, and once you meet somebody in comedy, I feel like your, your paths continually cross later on, or it's been my mm -hmm. experience. And, and so here we are um, about, to, I'm going to meet someone new and you get to yep. introduce me to a friend of yours. So Michelle, tell us who is on the show today. All right, so our guest today has a vision to bring joy to the world. Not the Christmas joy to the world, but mm. just humor, fun, lighthearted laughter, and everything else like related to joy. He's an actor, a comedian. He does audiobook narration. Uh, he does musical comedy. He just does music. He does corporate events, community events, mm. church events, and, well, any other event, basically, that starts with the letter C. He's appeared on The Last Comic Standing. Celebrity name game, and he's been can be seen like in several TV commercial, and he was also in the heavyweights of clean comedy. What 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 what? Um, oh, wow! So yeah, so let's welcome to Laugh Support Podcast the Dan McGowan. Whoop, 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 the whoop. Dan McGowan. Wow! <laughs> yep. Hi, ladies. So great to be here. Hey, hey, Dan. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Laugh Support. Thank you. you. I love that name. What a great name. Laugh support. That's so cool. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, here's the difference between um, uh, Michelle and I. When you said joy to the world, Michelle went biblical and joy and Jesus. And I was thinking joy to the world. Ah, uh, yeah. All the boys and girls now. That's not, I don't think that's Yeah, with, with, the, with the little bullfrog singing. Yeah, yes, right. Yeah. was a bullfrog, which is <laughs> what I'm like right now. Maybe that's why, maybe that's why we're going there. 
He's a good friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, so I love Michelle you showing that heavyweights. Now that that's a DVD. And for yes. people watching who don't know what those are, th those are things that movies used to be on, DVDs. That's yeah. And now it you don't even is. do those anymore, right? Yeah, look at that. See? It's like so a CD got, with pictures. Uh you didn't sign this, so I'm gonna need this oh. uh signed. Oh, okay. Well, you can just yep. sign it and say it was me. So who okay, was so on that with you, Dan? I see the, I can't. That was uh, four of us. It was great. It was Brent Reed. I don't know if you guys have interviewed him, yes. but yeah, there you go. Brent Reed, Stephen B. And Dennis Tooley. And then myself. So, so far yeah. we've, we've interviewed two of the four heavyweights. So we got to get the other two on. I think we've had, um, I think we have one of them in the future coming up soon. Very soon. Very cool. But yeah. 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 So Dan, so we, uh, our, our show laugh support. That's basically what we talk about on here. We, we, Michelle and I became friends by her being my laugh support as I began doing comedy a few years ago. And she used to call me a stalker, but whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, <laughs> she's so <laughs> well, tiny. So you were hiding out in front of her house with the binoculars watching her act, you know, trying to yeah. help her improve on it. Yeah, that, that, she, that, that oh, would yeah. bring about that name stalker, you know. Yeah, yeah she and, needed a lot of help. So, you know, mm -hmm. no, this is true. Well, this it's a good true. thing you were there. <laughs> and she's so tiny she can sneak right up on you like you don't even know she's there you know it's it's, it's i know <laughs> she really is the fly on the wall it really actually yeah. that's exactly who she is yeah i've been swatted at a lot of times yep yep there you go <laughs> Yep, I've only got her once though. I've only caught her one time of all those swats. But yeah, uh -huh. so she's so she's been my laugh support since I began doing comedy. And so that's why we we did this podcast. We're like, well, I'm kind of curious who who are other comedians who have been their laugh support as they started their journey or or traveled through their journey. So we wanted to have you on today and just kind of chat about that. So when you think about your journey in comedy. Who are some people that come to mind that that have been supportive for you in this? I guess there's I guess there's maybe two levels of that. Uh, like one track are just people that I admired as comics as I was growing up. So I was I was I was always a big fan of like old school kind of comedy. So you know Bob Newhart, Jonathan Winters, uh, you know people of that ilk that I really liked. Uh, and then that kind of grew into Jerry Seinfeld. And then Steve Martin was a huge influence for me in terms of being kind of zany and goofy. So, um, and, but I think the biggest influence for me was a, a guy who's a clean comic named Brian Regan. And your listeners who don't know who he is should look him up. Uh, but he, he really kind of inspired me to, to sort of jump into this crazy world of comedy and, and uh, you know, see what it was all about and see what I could bring. Nice. Yeah. I all of those Brian. names. Yeah. All of those names. Definitely like um, just such unique people in their, in their own style of what they, what they did. Bob Newhart. Oh my gosh. You know, there's things um, now that like my son, who's only 18 has watched some, you know, clips of Bob Newhart that I hear him like saying quotes. And I'm like, how do you even know yeah. who he is but 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 so much of what he did was just timeless and classic and and hit one of my son's favorite uh shows is the jerk and that's oh how, yeah that's how i decide if you can be my friend when i'm like leaving and i'm like i'm leaving and then all i need is this pair of scissors and, okay, and this coffee cup this coffee cup and, the, and if you don't know what i'm talking about you don't get to be my friend anymore you just don't right well so my, i think there was something about there was something about comedy back in the day that 
you know, a, a lot of those guys had nightclub acts that were not clean. You know, they right. they would save their their you know other stuff for like the clubs and all that. But we saw them on television or movie. You know, we saw them in venues where it had to be a little tamer. And and I love that. I love that they they crafted things in such a way that people still found it funny, or they had writers that did it for them. You know, but um, you know they were funny. And you could laugh at it because it was approachable and it was observational and you could relate to it. And it, 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 in my opinion, it wasn't laced with hate or, you know, uh, trying to, trying to bring people down or, you know, politics and all that. I mean, they would touch on that stuff, but it it was pretty clean. Mm, Yeah. And definitely in a way that is, I think the way they touch on politics and things like that is it would sound like they were hitting towards the left and then they'd punch towards the right and then they'd ride right. right down the middle and everybody was like, oh, I got him. Oh, got me. Oh, OK, here we go. And they moved well, and on. Of course, of course, that was a time in history where you actually could have discussions with people who had different yeah. opinions than you and you could still get along. So I remember those days. I, I remember what that was like. <laughs> yeah. And that's something now. Crazy. So, so did you have when you first started doing comedy, did you have um people that you wrote with or a group around you or mentors, someone that you, yeah, were, you know, were able um, to, to bounce things off of. Yeah. When I first started doing comedy, it was, uh, oh, I was maybe a couple of years out of high school and I had a buddy that he and I were joined at the hip. He's now passed away I don't know, five years ago, but um, so if, if we could just take a moment, no, I'm kidding. Anyway, uh, so, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, but, he, uh, but he and I did goofy stuff all the time. And um, we started going to the comedy store and the improv in Hollywood. And we would do like open mic nights and all that. And it was great. We had a great time as a duo. So he and I wrote a lot of stuff together and just were zany and wacky and all that. And then after about, I don't know, maybe a year and a half, two years, Mitzi Shore, who owned the comedy store, asked us to come aboard as full-time comics, which was great. Except what I didn't know is that um, when you're asked to come aboard, you basically show up at one in the morning and you're telling jokes for two or three other comics who are there to judge if you're funny or not. So you're not really up in front of a room. And I didn't like that. I just thought, you know, at the time in my life, I didn't want to do that, you know? So I bailed out and forgot about comedy. And it wasn't until years later that I got back into it alone. And when I got back into it, I was in the clubs and you know comedy clubs and i was always working clean and i remember at a a a club in denver which is where i was living at the time a club called comedy works great club um a a, a guy named wendy runs it now but a guy named uh dave was kind of the, the 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 runner of the room you know and he was really great at giving uh you know, advice on, on us newbies on what to do. You know, he, he said that I was big on jazz hands and not to do that anymore. So I, you know, for a while I had to put my hands in my pockets because I would, I would actually, Hey, how's everyone doing? And it was, you know, it got old really quickly. Um, but yeah, Dave was great. He also made a comment that I've always tried to stick with. I'm not sure if I'm doing it today or not. I think I am, but he always said, if you are, if you're lighter skinned, then you should wear darker clothes so that your face shows up. Mm-hmm. And if you're darker skinned, then wear lighter clothes. So I don't know, I'm kind of in the middle with this purple shirt and black vest, but 
Um, but yeah, anyway, so he really, he was great for all of us newbies there in Denver and really a great guy to, and to help us, you know, in the journey. Mm. Michelle, I see you got the pink on. I have the light skin, light hair, dark clothes. I feel like we're on it. We're doing it. And And we didn't even get the memo. We didn't. (laughs) But isn't that interesting how someone will give you a piece of advice? It seems to work. And you you just carry it out. That becomes the thing that you go, this is, yeah, it works for me. And and I'm going to do that. Michelle, have you had any advice like that, that you heard somebody say early on, or, or did you have the jazz hands? I could see Michelle with jazz, but I think the problem that comes in with (laughs) Michelle's comedy is when she tries to mime it and people don't know (laughs) what she's doing. (laughs) Yeah, I did. I did find out that um, when you're doing an improv skit, uh, they can't stand if you're, you know, you become the mime. They're like, someone get the mime off the stage, like mm. get that <laughs> off quick. Cause yes. they'd rather, you know, have um, talkies, talkies, talking people. Uh, <laughs> how old yeah, is that? I, I have found, have I have found that, I found that talking is really helpful in comedy, you mm. know, that mm. so they can actually hear your jokes. <laughs> right. We can't all be Buster yeah. Keaton. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. And we can only fall so many times. <laughs> Nice. Exactly. Um, yeah. No, I've never, I've never had anybody tell me um, what to wear. Obviously, and I probably should have someone help me with that, because um, most of the time I just blend in with my background. I used to have just a black curtain, and then I was wearing a black mm-hmm. turtleneck, and it was just a floating head here doing. That's good. Laugh yeah. Support. Yeah. So. Well, well, it's funny when I first said. when I first started again. Uh, man, I was forty, I think, when I first started again. And my go-to was like loud Hawaiian shirts. I don't know why, mm. maybe a Robin Williams thing. I'm not sure, but, um, and it was fine. You know, it was fine for yeah. whatever, five, six months. But then when Dave talked about this wardrobe thing, I basically went Johnny Cash and just wore only <laughs> black, you know, or I wore like these uh, <laughs> golf shirts, you know, that I think I'm wearing one of those on that heavyweight thing, right? It's the bowling. It's a black shirt You're wearing red, bowling yeah. shirt. Yeah. A bowling, bowling shirt. Red. Yeah. Yeah, you. What did I say? Golf. I I'm in bowling. Show with you. Yeah, I remember doing a show with you, and it was a bowling shirt. Was what you were doing, right. and all. And all I thought was, man, I wish I could wear one of those. Like that was my thought. Because <laughs> wow, <laughs> it'd be so easy. But I don't really see any women comics wearing bowling shirts. Hmm. Yeah. You could be the one, Michelle. You could be the one. Do I, you know, Dan. You know who really likes Johnny Cash? June. You. June really like yeah June likes Johnny Cash yeah yeah because Johnny of June Carter Cash is that why <laughs> that's yeah. right that's right but you uh but you do look very professional and you look very put together well and- this is kind of my new I've I've yeah, as a you know after the pandemic when nobody was doing anything yeah and I started getting back into this now because we're performing this is kind of my new go-to it's uh it's not always this purple shirt but I'm doing this vest and hat thing I do the hat thing mainly because it covers up that you know so <laughs> That's why this covers a multitude powder. of sins. You know? Somebody needs some powder. Well, I know because I've like, decided that my my head is kind of like Shawshank Prison, and my hair is like Andy Dufresne. You know, trying to escape. We're free. Let's go. Come on. Some people will watch this podcast, but most people will listen to it. So I was going to say. What Dan is referring to is when he removes his cap, there's long flowing locks of golden blonde hair that just fell to <laughs> Thank his Thank you. Yeah. And, and, and listen, do not adjust your sets. That's always how I look. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, I used to look listeners. like that. 
<laughs> For our listeners, Dan is wearing a uh, golf cap with the Irish style with a uh, black vest with wearing a, I don't know, some purpley shirt from Target. <laughs> Target. Where was it from? He's I'm not sure where this is from. It might have been Target. It was probably a thrift store. That. It's got to be Target, I think. Ta so Dan, Target. So we saw that, you know, the heavyweights of comedy, obviously you have collaborated with other people, which would be, you know, kind of laugh support for you. But we also kind of like to ask, there's a lot of people in their journeys in comedy have moments where they feel very um, just kind of out there and alone. Have you ever had any moments in comedy where you felt like, like, th this is just me. I, I'm doing this by myself. Well, you know, when you're in the club environment and you're surrounded in the green room by 10 other comics who are going to get there in three minutes, you know, so you're all talking and sharing and laughing and all that. Um, but I began to feel very quickly. I realized that I didn't have 20 years to build up an act in the clubs, you know. So I started um, putting myself out there for corporate comedy events that which meant I had to do a lot of writing and cruise ships, you know, and that I think. In terms of feeling alone, when you're doing a corporate gig in the middle of Kansas and it's you and your mic and this group of people you've never met and there's nobody really there to, you know, put my arm around and be shoulder to shoulder and support each other. You're alone. You're there. And if it if it dies, it dies. And if you do well, you do well, you know. So. Um, so, yeah. And I, so I've had plenty of opportunities where I have felt kind of alone sitting over at a table and then suddenly I'm announced and I go up and do my thing and everybody thinks we're all friends. And then I leave and say goodbye to people as they're leaving. And then I'm back in my car, you know, going somewhere else. So that, that can be a little bit uh, lonely or not I know, lonely, but you're isolated. Mm. Yeah, have you ever felt um, like, have you ever changed your set from when you're doing clubs to a corporate event, like how much material did you have to change? Did you have to change anything or did you just create? All yeah, new no, stuff I'll tell you what I did. I, I can tell you exactly what I did. I, I had this incredible opera. When I first started again in my forties, <clears throat> I just thought I was so funny. I could just stand at the mic and tell my jokes and that was it, you know, and people would laugh and sometimes they wouldn't, you know, but most, most of the time I did. And I ended up getting this great gig to open for the Pointer Sisters, the, the ones who were still alive, and um, so I did this. I did this gig in Arizona with them at this huge ballroom that had a giant um, dance floor between the stage and the first row of audience. Mm. And I got up on stage. I did my act. And I stood there, and there was an open bar in the back, and it was it was pretty miserable. I mean, I did my some people that were able to listen, heard me and some of them laughed, but for the most part, it was a, it was a noisy guy up on the stage way down there. <clears throat> and, um, you know, it wasn't that great, great of a gig. It was the highest paid gig I had done thus far. So I felt kind of embarrassed when they gave me the check. I was like, Oh, thank you. But, um, the very next week I had a, a corporate gig that was for an agricultural company. I forget where Nebraska or something. And, I decided at that gig to never stop. I, I just moved the whole time. So it completely changed how I did my act. That Pointers Sisters gig forced me to move around. And so I move around now almost all the time when, when I perform. Depends on the room. but So that totally changed me. And the other thing that changed me, you can probably tell just as I talk, I tend to talk pretty fast. And so I 
I did a gig in Leadville, Colorado, which is called the Two Mile High City because it's at 10,000 feet. And when I did that gig, I could not breathe. I mean, I, mm. I could breathe, but it was very difficult. I had to, you know, I had to slow my act down incredibly. And I probably filled that hour with, you know, less material than I would normally do because I had to stop and breathe. So those two things kind of helped change the way I do comedy. I, I've had to realize that for me, it's not the first time I'm hearing the joke. So I know exactly what I'm going to say, but for the audience, they've never heard them. And so I have to say it in a way that they will hear it so that they can comprehend the funny part and then laugh, you know? Oh, I love that. It's like, knock, <sighs> knock. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. I don't think that, I could do anything up in Colorado. Like that would just, mm -hmm. I'd be out of breath just getting there. No way. Yeah. Isn't, that, isn't that interesting though, that a lot of times in comedy, we, we learn from each other. We watch other people. You were obviously paying attention to the greatest of the great when you first started doing it, you know, the, the list of Bob Newhart and, and all of that that we were talking about. But then a lot of times our own style or what we learn is by mistakes or just a random moment that you're like, oh, wait, that, you know, that works. That, that definitely worked for me. Do you oh, yeah. I mean, the, the whole thing is like, to me at least, it is a it is an ongoing river of mistake after mistake after mistake. For me, the 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 greatest times I've had are were when I was let's say in a club as the MC or the host for the weekend, the opener or whatever. And you know the first show Thursday night is you know you get through it, but by Sunday night all the pistons are going and and it just works so much better because you're you're constantly performing for like three or four nights in a row. And so you learn, you know, you learn what works, what doesn't work and all that. The other part of it too, um, wait, excuse me if you're watching while I take a hanky here. Great. Okay. You'll edit that out. I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got it. It's yeah. Thank you. That's good. Yeah, so, um, post. Thank you. That's good. But, but it was, uh, now see, I lost my train of thought. I was going to say something really profound. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, another piece of advice I got was, because I've done a lot of acting <clears throat> commercials and so forth. Uh, this guy, Dave said, you know, use those to your credit, you know, to your advantage, use the acting ability. So like there are routines that I do where, you know, and I think a lot of comics do this, you, you perfect your piece to a point where it looks like it's coming off the cuff, but it's not, yeah. you've actually rehearsed that to look like it's coming off the cuff. And uh, I, my, my favorite example of that, I do a routine a, a little bit that I usually close with on the song from the 60s, 70s, A Horse With No Name. And every bit of that bit, every moment of it is all planned out. But people watching it think, oh, that's so clever how he came up, you know. But no, I've been doing that for, you know, whatever, 10 years. So anyway, yeah. I remember that bit. Yeah. <laughs> and you're still laughing. The bit, you know, the horse bit. Okay. Oh, never the mind. bit. Oh, I see. Oh, there. I get it. Sorry. Ah, you're so witty. You're so witty. I, but so, I just yeah, so, that one. So you took your ability in comedy and that laugh support became supportive of other avenues. So you said you've done acting, you've done commercials, um, radio as well. So did one lead you to the other, vice versa? And, and do they, 
I, it sounds like they would I, actually. I, I, I think a, I think a lot of it is like who you meet and connect with because, mm -hmm. you know, I I think it's hard to continually try to promote yourself and say to people, I'm funny. You should have me come to your event. You know, mm -hmm. I think yeah. I think it's better when somebody says, hey, we just had this guy at our thing and he was great. People loved him. You know, you should have him, too. And then you get the phone call, you know. Um, which is funny. I did this because we don't do this. Like this isn't how phones are. Phones are this, right? <laughs> yes. it, you don't yeah. say like, like yeah. you say, I made a call. What is that? Yeah. I don't even know what that is, but this is how I made a call, you know, anyway, that was a side note. Um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I'm done. Note. Did I, I answer your question. question? I think I did. Yeah, I think I have a question. Um, as an actor and <laughs> as a comedian, do you have an agent for both or is it for two different um, worlds? So I've recently moved. Um, I still, I, I used to live in Southern California. Now I live up in Redding, California, which yeah. is above Sacramento. It's way up there mm -hmm. and it's nowhere near any kind of entertainment hub, you know? So <clears throat> uh, I, I, yes, I do have an agent for acting and I actually got another one that's closer to where I live now. And so far, I've been getting a lot of voice work with them. Nothing really on camera yet, which is fine. You know, I've, in some ways, I've been there, done that. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm thrilled I've been able to do that. But it's not like I'm looking for that to be the thing. Um, and then uh, I don't I don't really have an, uh, an agent for act or uh, for comedy, but I'm do on different sites like The Bash, uh, which used to yeah. be Gig Masters and yeah. Gig Salad. And every so often, I'll get a thing. Oh, I'm on another one. I just filled out a thing today uh entertainers worldwide or something i don't know but you know you, you you try to get the gigs where you can so what i'm doing up here in reading is i'm going around to different corporations and you know i'm just trying to get my my name out there again because i they don't know me i you know i'm in a new world up here mm -hmm. and uh it, it's it's kind of a weird like ekg how this works you know uh mm -hmm. but that's okay uh, you know if, if it's your calling and you're called to do it I believe God will open up the right avenues, you know. Right, right. Like Absolutely. this, you know, being able to be on your on your uh, podcast here. This is like, you know, I was down here, now I'm here, you know. So it's oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I like I'm not stuck. Yep. And we are worldwide. Maybe. So um there you go. Shout, out, yeah. shout out to our listeners in uh India and South Africa and <laughs> Pakistan and yeah. Australia, I don't know what they're saying. Canada. What are those people saying? Yeah. They're they're talking and I don't know what the language is. I don't so we have to do this podcast in tongues, is what we have to do. That's that would be maybe, a good way to go. Maybe. Yeah, it does it, it ever does blow my mind though that there are people in India and, and Australia and Pakistan and those places that are listening that are listening to us, Michelle Van Dusen. That's insane. And now know, our new right? Man, right? I have, you know, I, I love that. Um, I love that you share, you know, if it's your calling uh, that, you know, it, it'll work itself out. And I think that's the same way with these relationships that you formed and there's no coincidence in the people that you've run right. into that has pointed you into a direction for radio or voiceover or things like that. And then when you know where that comes from, you don't have to really stress about tomorrow, do you, Dan? Well, you don't have to stress about tomorrow. Although, um, you know, as we, the three of us know, and our countless pals know that when this is all you do, um, you better get those gigs because yeah. every month 
the mortgage company wants me to pay them, you know? Yeah, it's crazy. And so when that money doesn't come in, that gets a little stressful for me personally. And I, I have found that that's where the voiceover work or other thing. Mm -hmm. I still find myself looking at Indeed thinking maybe there's something I can do when I'm not telling jokes, you know, just to see what's out there because it does get a little stressful. But, and I hate that we live in a world where you need money. I just, whatever, yeah. you know, I, I hate that. But we do. And so you got to make that, you got to figure that out, you know, and we, ha we have to come up with ways that work for us to keep those, the, the money coming in. Um, you know, I mean, thankfully, I have a wife who has an amazing job. But even then, you know, an extra 30 or $40,000 a month would be, would be helpful, you know. So, yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. That wouldn't yeah. hurt my feelings at all. That wouldn't hurt right. my feelings one bit. But no, di diversifying and being able to take the skill set that you have and not put yourself in a box and limit yourself to the things that you can do, I think is a great is a great idea. Now, Michelle, you well, and I, oh, go ahead. I think I think during the pandemic it was <clears throat> tough because mm -hmm. hardly. I mean, I don't think anybody was able to work. But right, I, I actually had a lot of fun during the pandemic because I learned a new skill and. I want to, so this is how we were all walking around during the pandemic, right? We had to have these masks on. Right. And I guess in some places we still do, but my life, I had a lifelong dream when I was growing up to add something to my comedy. And so I, I actually did that. And I want to introduce you to Dimples. This is Dimples. He's my, my little <laughs> friend here. And so I learned how to do ventriloquism during the pandemic. Hi, Dimples. <laughs> hi, hi, you. I'm that fine. Do you, you have a knock-knock joke for me? Yeah, I do. Knock-knock. Who's there? Dummy, dummy who? Dummy you for wearing that stupid mask. <laughs> okay, that's enough, Dimples. <laughs> that is so crazy. Michelle, did you see his lips moving for our listeners? He just he just brought up a, um, what do you call it? It's not a puppet. What's it called? It's a dummy. It's it is a dummy. dummy. Yeah. So, so Dan brought I'm, up a Excuse dummy. me. Excuse me. His name is Dimples. He's Dimples. Dimples, Dimples. the yeah. ventriloquist dummy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the dummy, yeah, right. The ventriloquist, Michelle. That's so rude, Dan. I'm sorry that you said that. It's not the dummy ventriloquist. It's the ventriloquist with the dummy. Well, there words, you go. Yeah. Words or matter with the, the order of doll. the words. Oh. So, so for our listeners, um, Dan just did an amazing ventriloquist act. Uh, we did not see his see lips it. move at all. So if you're listening then make sure that you go and watch as well because you can watch us on the Creative Motion Network, on Roku TV, on Vimeo. Um, we also are on YouTube. So you definitely want to get the full visual, see the long, beautiful golden locks of love that fall right out of the cap when Dan lifts that off, wow! <laughs> the glory and the beauty behind the hat. Okay, don't yeah. get blinded. Don't get blinded. Dan. Yeah, and if you if, if you go online and watch, you'll be able to see. I got this Gilligan's Island thing happening now in the front of my head. So, so that's pretty good. <laughs> it's a big coconut. And you know, you were talking about your seeing your friend at, at was it Kroger's or something at Market. Yes. yes. This is something I love about Facebook is that you know you meet people and this, but this was kind of weird. A guy. A guy looked me up on Facebook, and I haven't seen him, talked to him anything since third grade. That's the last time we had any connection. And I'm way past that age. So anyway, he said, so Dan, what have you been up to? I said, since third grade? <laughs> <laughs> well, I got a paper route. 
<laughs> you know, after that, things get a little complicated. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny how that has brought people out of the woodwork, you know. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. That would take a few minutes to recap the last, what, would you, at least 25. Yeah, yeah. No, like don't put least. a number out there. We don't need to know what that number is. Just, yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Just That's why I got the hat. Out, pimples. <laughs> And yeah. married. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. The rule of threes and alliteration, Michelle. You know how much I love it. Paper out, pencil, or what? Paper out, pimples, pimples. And puberty. That's what he's puberty. been doing. Puberty. Yeah. There, there you go. go. There it is. Well, damn. Okay. I might have to. I might have to steal that and use that. Is that okay with you? Yes, absolutely. I love. I okay. love alliterations. And um, yes, I think when you when you say, you know, what have I been up to? I don't know. Paper route pimples and puberty. That's uh, I love that. I love that. That's good. That's a, that, now it's a better joke. Thank you. Thanks, man. Thanks. Well, listen, Dan, look at you being you your enough. laugh support. I know we can't thank you enough for being on here. Um, you know, yes, we are thanking thank you. you with, you know, ending with puberty there. But guys, you've got to check out <laughs> Dan McGowan. It's D-A-N-M-C-G-O-W-A-N.com. DanMcGowan.com. That's and me. You can also check out. It's a website that I'm just starting. So it's kind of in the very beginnings. Michelle's on there with a video. Three videos, I think. And it's called um, it's called Laughing Flock. So. I don't know yet if it's just going to be a content site or a place where maybe Christian clean comics can get bookings. I don't know yet, but it just launched, but laughingflock.com if you want to check that out. And then of course, danmcgowan.com where you can see demos of me telling jokes. Yes. And um, you can also figure out how to bring me to your corporate event or your community event or church event or, you know, cruise ship or whatever it is, you know, and, and other events that start with the letter C as as uh, Michelle said. So there yeah. it is. There it is. Well, y'all check him out. DanMcGowan.com. And again, laughingflock.com. Dan, thank you for being here today. Michelle's going to kick you to the back. We're going to wrap right. up and hang out for just thank a minute. Thank you, Dan. So a sure. Thanks. You, okay? Great to be here. Awesome. Oh my goodness, Michelle, you always have the best <laughs> comedy friends. I love getting to meet your people. I love it. Right. Dan's amazing. So I'm so glad that he had a chance to uh, be with us today and that, you know, because we did, we actually did a sound check yesterday or the day before just to make sure things worked out. And so I'm really glad that everything is, uh, he's so funny. He's so funny. So what you're People saying have to you hire left him. me out? You left me out of the sound check, Michelle? I did. Well, you know, you were dealing with spositors, whatever your dad's dealing with. You were dealing with that stuff. <laughs> I was going to say you were being kind because you didn't want to, you know, wear out this beautiful voice of mine any more than I have to, but that's okay. Fine. How about we end with and suppositories? So that's it, you guys, for this episode of the Laugh Support Podcast. I always end with Jesus and Junebug loves you. Michelle, what do you have to say today? I want to say thank you for listening. We love you guys and God bless.